You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Good evening, everyone. How many of you is happy to be in God's presence tonight? Happy New Month. I can't hear you. Happy New Month. May this new month bring new blessings into our lives in the name of Jesus. It's a new month. We thank God for the four months that have passed. Um, I'd like you to just speak to somebody beside you. Says this month I will enjoy marvelous help in the name of Jesus. Everything I touch in May, God's hand will touch it. I will have many testimonies, and hand has come to heavy losses. I will sing a new song this month of May in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, if you have your Bible here with you, I'd like you to open to Mark chapter 11. All right, um, got, I'll just be talking about um, having faith in God. Mark chapter 11, I'll read from verse 22. Okay, so it's not on the screen. Maybe you can share with someone if you don't have a Bible. Um, <clears throat> and Jesus answered and said unto them, Our faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Um, also Hebrews chapter 11, same 11, yeah. I'll read 1 to 3, Hebrews 11, 1 to 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We're grateful for everything you've done in our lives up to this moment. We thank you for January. We thank you for February. We thank you for March. We thank you for help. We thank you for the things and the good things you have in stock for us for me. Father, be exalted in the name of Jesus. As we go into your word, we ask that you open up our eyes. Let us see the wonderful things out of your law in the name of Jesus. Receive new instructions. We receive guidance. Holy Spirit, grant me all trances as I speak. Let every person have you know an experience with you today. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. All right. So I read about two, I read just two chapters, Mark 11 and Hebrews 11. And, um, well, it's talking about faith, having faith in God. And, you know, faith is a big deal. We all engage in faith in one area of our lives or the other, whether, you know, in the secular world or in the spiritual. So you have faith in the chair you're sitting in. That's why you could sit on it without even thinking. You have faith in your employer. That's why you can go to work and work, you know, 
from the first of um, the month and work yourself to and hoping that they will pay. You even leave your job to another job because you, are, you have faith in that employer that it will pay more and they're paying. You have faith in, um, what else? In your phones. So when you go to Samsung store and buy a phone, what do you do? You just pay and move on. You don't even know whether that phone really can make a phone call or not because you have faith in it. But sometimes for us as Christians, when it comes to God, sometimes it becomes a bit difficult in having faith in God. Um, and it comes in different ways. Sometimes you pray and um, you're expecting God to do something. And you notice that month after month, those things are not done. And you feel like, I've prayed, I've done this, I've done that. But yet, it didn't happen. But faith is important. And um, this evening, I'm just going to be talking about faith, why it's important, the meaning of faith, and how to operate in faith. Essentially, faith is a big deal. As the heart is to the body, so is faith to a Christian. As the heart is to a body, so is faith is to a Christian. Remove the heart from the body, the body dies. Remove faith from a Christian, there is no Christian. And that's how it is. That's why it's a big deal. That's why it's so important. Even the devil, the devil's number one target for every Christian is to what? Is to take away his faith, to attack his faith. Jesus was saying, you know, was talking to Peter in Luke 22. He says, I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Um, you know, he's supposed to say that the devil seeks to sift you as weed. You know, but I've prayed for you so that your faith will not fail. So faith is important. Another reason why it's important is because it guarantees us victory in every battle. It guarantees us victory in every battle. First John 5, 4. Um, First John 5, 4 says, this is the victory that overcomes. First John 5, 4. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So when it comes to having victory, you need faith. Faith is a big deal. Faith is what guarantees answers to our prayers. So not the length of prayers, not the volume of prayers, not the quantity of prayers. It's faith. It's that faith that guarantees that, yes, you get answers for prayer. The Bible says, he that comes to God must believe that he is and is the reward of them that diligently seeks him. So it doesn't matter the posture. It doesn't matter how long and how far you pray. If you don't have faith, you, don't ha- you, may not, you won't have answers to your prayer. So faith is important. <clears throat> faith places the believers in commands of signs and wonders. You know, Mark 16, 17, 16, 17 says, And this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. These signs... So if you look at a Christian that is full of faith, you see a Christian that has signs and wonders. Amen? Amen. Amen. Faith is what translates the believers from the human realm to the divine realm, where you function in the very class of God. Faith guarantees your total protection. So in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, the Bible says, Above all things, take the shield of faith wherewith you're able to quench every, all the fiery darts of the enemy. Above all things, above all things. Despite the fact that you have, you know, if you read before that, it talks about the helmet of salvation. You shod your feet with the, you know, uh, gospel of peace, the breastplate of righteousness. But he's saying even after you have all these things, above all, you need this thing, faith. So faith is a big deal. That's how you can, you know, quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. 
faith guarantees your total victory. See, it is important that you know that everything that has to do with God, everything that has to do with any, your, your destiny has to do with faith. Everything. He that must come to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is the foundation for the fulfillment of every vision and it is the key to the realization of every mission and purpose. So, be it victory, be it protection, you need faith. In fact, no matter, whatever the challenge is, so in, in, in let's go back to that uh, Mark 11. Mark eleven twenty two. I'll read twenty three. For verily I say unto you that whatsoever I shall say to this mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. A mountain could be a problem, but you know if you have faith, see if you have faith and you say to this mountain, be removed. Since most of the times I don't. For me, I don't think there is a big problem. Most of the times, I think it's a faith problem. So sometimes when you have a challenge, a situation, and you don't know how to go about it, and it becomes you know, huge and it keeps on there, it might not be. So before, what I used to say is there is no problem. It's just money problem, really. Have you thrown money at it? It's going to work. But really now, I believe that there is no big problem. There's just faith problem. Because if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. You know, why Jesus was saying this here was a pre to what was happening before. Um, Jesus had passed a place before and saw a fig tree and got there, wanted to get fig tree. And when he got there, he couldn't find any fig tree, any, any fruit on the fig tree. So he decided to curse it and he left. So <clears throat> I'm sure the disciples were just looking at why the heck would you be cursing a fig tree? So the next day, they were passing that place back. That was when the disciple now saw and said, Master, this tree that you caused is now dried. And that's why Jesus was now making mention of this place and says, Whatsoever you shall say, unto, even to this mountain, be removed. You see, the distance between the mountain and the sea, you really don't see mountains close to the sea most of the times. I'm not a geographer, but I think so. So carrying a mountain lifting it up and taking it from that distance to the sea, it seems impossible. It seems something you can't do. Naturally, it's impossible. Scientifically, it's impossible. Best best is you call JB, Julius Badger, they come and break down the mountains into stones, then they carry it into the bulldozer, whatever tanks, then they move it into the sea. And it's going to take like maybe a month, two months, three months. But Jesus is now saying that, you know, you say to it, you speak to it, be removed, and you don't doubt in your heart. What kind of faith is that? It's the kind of faith that makes you behave the same way God behaves. So in Genesis, God said, let there be light. The Bible says, and there was light. It says, let there be feminine, and there was feminine. says, let the heart bring forth grasses. These things were not existing before. God was just calling it. And the Bible says, and when God said, it happens. And in 31, Genesis 31, God said, and God saw all that he has said, and it was good. So God spoke it, and it came into existence. Hebrews, that Hebrews says that what? For we understand that 
the heart that we are into currently, were framed by the word of God. Faith is speaking things into existence or making things to change that naturally don't happen. It takes faith to, to do that. Amen. So faith is a big deal. So what then is this faith? I think faith is a supernatural force drawn from God's words to produce living proofs. Faith is a force. It breaks and resolves every problems and difficulties that crosses its path. But you know, faith is not just believing God. Faith is an action word. It's believing God and obeying God to prove that you believe him so that he can perform his word. So when he says, you know, you, you, you remember this, the, the, the story of Abraham. Abraham, God told Abraham, leave your father's house, your kindred, leave, leave them and go to a place where I will show you. And the Bible says Abraham departed. Abraham didn't just believe that it was God saying it. He, 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 he did something and that was he left. So faith is not just believing God. Faith is obeying God to prove that you believe him so that you can commit him to perform his word. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8. By faith, when he was called to go into a place where he should, after you know, receive an, for an inheritance, he obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, their heirs with him, of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Faith is not just believing God. Faith is obeying God. You must show your faith by obeying God. So, you know, in practical sense, what it means is, you don't just sit down and say, yes, I'm believing God for something. I'm believing God for something. If God has promised you something, you must take you know, successful actions. You're believing God for a job. You just don't expect jobs to come. You start you know, sending out CVs. Amen. You start you know, making calls, applications, going to some places. I've, I've, I've had you know, testimonies of people trusting God for jobs. And what they just did was they show up. And you know, they was like, yeah, um, I'm, I'm here to see the MD. You know, and before you know it, they were like, um, why do you have to see MD? I'm here for an interview. And they decided discussing. In fact, particularly for me, I've been somewhere, my first, my first, my second job, um, I just got a call from someone that they're doing an interview somewhere. I never applied. I was trusting God for that, for a job, and I just, you know, moved from Aja to VI. I got there, they asked me, Where's your CV? Because there were a lot of people there. I found a way to get him, and I went to go and sit down with the other applicants like that. And I sat down, and I was like, okay, fine. They collected my CV, um, and I was the last person they attended to because my name was not on the list. And they were like, as I got into the place, said, um, did you get an email? I said, no. They were like, okay. So how did you apply? I said, I applied online. And I was like... <laughs> Which was a lie, actually. But I've checked online. I think I dropped my CV online, but I really didn't apply. I just dropped my CV. So when I applied online, I know I told them that I applied online. They're like, okay, can we have... They started talking. And after we're done talking for about 45 minutes, they looked and said, ah, you've not even written the test. I was like, okay. They now scheduled me for a test. 
Then after two weeks, I got an email. I went to go and write the test. Getting to there, I went there. I wasn't really wanted. I didn't really want to write the test because I had another job offer. I was like, but let me just go. So I went there, wrote the test, and um, writing the test. When the result came out, I was told by someone there much later that I was the only one that passed the test. In fact, the cutoff for the test was 50, and I was the one that had had 49. So they felt like, ah. <laughs> so they felt like, okay, how do we explain this when everybody fails? At least one person should pass. That was the story, real life story. Then they called for another interview. As they say, the rest is history. You must trust God enough to take some actions, positive actions, scriptural actions. You must take that leap of faith. So when Peter was you know, in, in, in the boat with his other disciples, he told Jesus when they were said, bid me to come. And Jesus told him, come. He believed Jesus, but he didn't just stay there in the boat. He took a step out. See, you must trust God to take that action. Faith is not just believing God. Faith is also obeying God. In fact, there are two factors to faith. One is believing God. Sorry, one is obeying God. The other is behaving God's word. So you must behave God's word. And your behavior has to do with attitude and with actions. You must behave it. You must have that attitude. So if you are trusting God for something, you must behave in a way that you have that thing. So you see, P.I. would always come and say something about the fact that um, he wants to be the chaplain somewhere, yeah, which somebody else came on Sunday to talk about that he wants to be a chaplain that same place. Have you ever noticed that also that sometimes we are asked that we should pray for the country? Exactly. I'm not saying anything. But so what I'm essentially saying is if you want to be the president, there's a way you behave now that shows you're the president. There are things you do now that tends to, you know, gives you the attitude of a president, and that's faith. Abraham said something. When Abraham won a war, uh, and the Bible says he took all the gifts, all the spoils of the war, and he gave it to the kingdoms, the king of Sodom and Gomorrah, and says he's not going to take anything from him. You know what he said? He said that because I know that when God makes me rich, it won't be because of, so that this guy will not come back and tell me that, you know, it was him that made me rich. There was something Abraham was thinking that his behavior, his actions were based on God's promises that God said, I will make you great. So even when it comes to taking spoils of war, Abraham couldn't. It's a behavior. When um, the mother of Samuel, what's her name? Um, Anna. The Bible says she was barren for a while. And, you know, the second wife had given birth to children. And, you know, she was tormenting her. The Bible says, and she went to the temple to pray. And Eli told her, I think we should go there for Samuel. Fourth Samuel chapter one uh, verse seventeen. Then Eli answered and said, Okay, let me read from sixteen. Let me read from fifteen. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. 
I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Cannot a handmaid for a daughter of Belial fall out of the abundance of my complaint and grief? Have I spoken it at all? Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let the handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went away and did hit, and her countenance was no more sad. This is a behavior. So Anna was there praying, 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 trusting God for his son. And when the prophet, you know, made that declaration that God answers your prayer and grants your petitions, Hannah believed and said, yes, I have a son. And the Bible says she was no more sad. She was no more sad. There is an attitude of Christians that have faith. So when they are trusting God for something, they behaved like as if they've had it. Yes, I don't have it now, but I behave like as if I have it. So if I'm trusting God, you know, I don't know, what do I use? If I'm trusting God to be the managing director of an organization, I start now thinking like the managing director, start dressing properly. I start taking responsibilities. I start taking my assignments and my work, you know, very seriously, like as if I'm the MD. That's the attitude of faith. So faith is not just obeying God. Faith is not just believing God. It is obeying God and behaving the word of God so as to become the will of God. Because everybody believes God for abundance. The Bible even says about even the devils, they believe that Jesus is the son of God. So the question is, do they have the attitude? No. Do they have, you know, the actions? And do they obey God? No. Everybody believes God for abundance. But how many of us are obeying God's word concerning abundance? How many of us are trusting God for increase financially? How many of God are obeying God's principle as it relates to finances? Amen. Everybody is believing God for divine health. But how many people are trusting God and obeying the demands of the scripture that has to do with divine health? They are demands of faith. So faith is not just believing. Faith is obeying. Faith is behaving. So it's, it's essential. There is a scriptural responsibility. There is a responsibility upon each Christian on how to deal when it comes to faith. There's a part you need to play. So it's not just trusting God that God is going to do something. There is a part for you to play as a Christian as it relates to faith. If you want that thing that you're trusting God to come to pass, you have a part to play. God has his own part to play. But God comes into action when he sees that your own part is fulfilled. Amen. So Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us therefore hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For God is faithful. For he is faithful that promised. Faith is doing what God says, no matter how foolish it may appear. So you see, in Genesis chapter 22, one of the people you will ever make reference to when it comes to the issues of faith is Abraham. Genesis chapter 22. See verse 2 and 3. And he said, take now thy son. Genesis 22, verse 2 and 3. And he said, take now thy son, thy holy son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, 
and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up in early in the morning and saddled his house and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and cleaved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place which God had told him. So when God tested Abraham and told him, you know, when I read, anytime I read that place, especially verse 2, you know, God clarified the son that he was asking from Abraham. You know, Abraham could be dodgy and said, okay, let me just take Ishmael. Yeah, let me go fetch Ishmael and just, at least he's still my son. But God says, your only son, the one you love. So there was, most of the times, God's instructions are always clear. There is no um, ambiguity at all. In obeying God, especially see anytime you you think you hear an instruction and it's not clear, it's probably not from God, or you need to see clarity. It was clear God was asking Abraham for Isaac, and He was telling him, "Go sacrifice him in the mountain that you know, um, in the mountain that I'm going to tell you." So God didn't even give specific instructions for a mountain to use. So Abraham obeyed God. A man of faith. Early in the morning, he rose up and he was going. Have you imagined it that, you know, an old man waking up very early in the morning and scouting each mountain, climbing the mountain, getting there? And God said, No, not this one. And moved again to another mountain. And he got there again. God said, Not this one. And kept on going from one mountain to the other in that same land of Moriah and kept on moving. You know the stress of going to mountains? I don't know whether you've been to a mountain before. I've been to one. Charlie, I've been to more than one a long time ago. And, you know, climbing mountains is very stressful, even as a young man. There are some people here that wouldn't want to climb mountains. You understand? We heard of a story here when they went to Lumarog. Everybody was climbing. Somebody didn't climb. Because it's stressful, really. Abraham is 80 years old. Well, nobody's up to 80 years old. In fact, some people younger can climb. Now imagine how Abraham can go up and be climbing mountains one after the other just because he wants to, you know, just because he has faith. Faith is not cheap talk. It's hard work. You keep on climbing one after the other. Got to the first mountain. God said no. Got to the second mountain. God said no. Got to the third one. God said no. And finally, when Abraham was able to get the mountain he was going to, he has to deal with Isaac, a son. Give or take, let's say he's 17 years old, or let's say between 17 and 25, thereabout. I don't know. I'm just using a young, a young lad. How difficult was it for Abraham to be able to tie Isaac? I'm sure there must, gonna, there must have been some struggles, you understand, to get this boy down to where he's going to sacrifice him. It was the stress. It was stressful. It was hard work. It was hard work. And the pain of the fact that you're going to lose this son, and the pain of the father, you're going to lose him, you know, and he was trying to kill him. That's hard work. That's hard work. So when you obtain God's promise, or let me say when you have a promise from God that says this, there is a scriptural responsibility you must play. Faith is not just confessing God's word. Faith is what? Obeying God's word and behaving God's word. 
There is an attitude to it. There is an action to it. It takes hard work. You must trust God to do your own part in fulfilling that. Little wonder Abraham is called the father of faith. Amen. So faith is hard work. You know, Apostle John was saying, would say, show me faith without work, and I will show you my faith with the works. Faith without work is dead. So there's a work that needs to be done. As we're trusting God to do something, we must trust God to obey him according to his word. Amen. All right. So then, now that we know what faith is, how do we hassle this faith? The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the only real source of getting of, of faith is the word of God. Well, how to access it is understanding God's word. So not just reading God's word, but understand it. Understanding helps you to access faith in the word of God. And this is what I mean. So you know when somebody is talking to you, just talking to you, and you don't understand. You're hearing what he's saying, but you don't understand. And at the point, maybe he keeps on explaining, and you get it, and you say, oh, I see. Oh, I see. Faith is like, you know, how to access faith is not just hearing, but seeing God's word. So when you see what God is saying, I don't know whether it has come to you before that you go to, you know, you're just sitting down there reading your Bible and something jumps at you. You're like, yes, yes, yes. And, you know, with that, you're able to make some steps, make some actions. I remember when I was, you know, going for my youth service call and I sat down one of those days after coming back from school, trusting God that wherever they put me to, I will go. And, you know, there I was reading Genesis and, you know, so I read the verse, just one verse, and I kept on reading it, and it pops up. And I knew this is where I was going to. Remember when the Bible says, and Abraham, you know, um, uh, in Genesis, I think Genesis 12. So it was saying about where Abraham, you know, went north or went south. I really can't remember. But what happened was, at that point, I knew that I was going to north. And it just came, you know, in a way that... First of all, I felt like God. But, you know, it was so clear that, okay, this is where God was sending me to. So faith comes, you know, by seeing God's word. You've got to see it. And, you know, the Bible says in Psalms 119, open my, heart, open my ears that I may see the wondrous things out of your law. Open my ears that I may see. You don't see with your hair. You see with your eyes. But what he's saying is your eyes of understanding being enlightened to be able to see what God is saying. I know it's very, very impossible. It's nearly impossible for you to doubt what you see. You might doubt what you read. You might doubt what you hear about other people. But when you see it with your, you know, your eyes of imagination, or what you see it with your own eyes, it's very, very difficult for you to doubt it. Amen. So understanding is very critical. Understanding God's word. Understanding God's word. And how to work in this understanding I think the first step is meditation. We all know what meditation is all about. It's about, you know, sitting down, not necessarily, but, you know, taking time to think. Meditation in God's word. Taking time to think through God's word on particular subjects. What is God saying on this matter? Why is God saying it? What does he want me to do on this matter? What does this stand for? Asking questions as you read God's word. And, you know, I should stay there, keep on reading. Pastor Folusha said something um, on last week, last week Wednesday. He was saying something about um, 
how she normally would take you know sticky notes and write scriptures and put it on her desk. Yeah, those are you know one of the strategies people use just to make because sometimes it's you could be very busy in the morning and you don't have time to you know read your Bible you know but you know put it all around so that you know even when you're engaged in the daily activities you're able to see you know, what you think you want, you know, a, a scripture that comes to your heart, and you keep on, and you keep on at it. So meditation is important. First Timothy 4.15, when Paul was talking to Timothy, he says, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that your profiting may appear to all. You must understand that scriptures are for direct profiting. So God's word, the Bible says the word of God it's a comprehensive instrument for changing lives, that the man of God may be perfect, totally furnished unto good works. So God wrote these words to you personally. He wrote these words to you. So you must find time to meditate. Meditation helps in your understanding. Another way to gain understanding is supplication. Amen. Supplication. When you pray, don't... All the time, ask God, do this, do this. Also ask God, how do you want me to resolve this issue? What am I missing? What do you want me to do? Essentially, what that helps is, is it helps you to identify your responsibilities upon particular subjects. And, you know, if you don't, as I said earlier, sometimes if you don't do your path, God is not committed to do his path. So when Abraham decided to take Isaac after all the hard work and dropped him, and was about to kill him. God stepped in. Most of the times, the reason why some of us don't get answers to prayer is because we are not doing our path. And sometimes the ways you could do it is through prayer. You pray to let God to open your eyes to see. So Daniel was praying at a point when the king came in and the king told them, I had dreamt a dream. I can't remember the dream. Go find the dream or else I'll kill you. Isn't that a wicked king? That's wickedness of the high order. I didn't sleep on the same bed you slept. Even if I slept on the same bed you slept, I still wouldn't know your dream. That's wickedness of the high order. If you have seen a wicked president before, you have not seen anyone. I'm not sure Adolf, if you compare me Adolf Hitler and that king. Uh, well, let's not go there. But you get what I'm saying. That's wickedness. But what did Daniel do? Daniel, the Bible says Daniel called his other friends, company of angels, company of watches. says, fine. Let's pray. Let's ask God. Prayer helps you to know what you need to do. So most of the times, all of us will use prayer as the, you know, as the joker not to do our own part. We just say, God, do this, God, do this, God, do this. No, not only that. Prayer helps you when you spend time to pray. When you spend time trusting the Holy Spirit, it helps you to see what you need to do. It helps you, you know, you need to ask yourself, you know, ask God to help you with some of those things. What must I do at this point to come out of these situations? What must I do to get this result? There are specific answers the Holy Spirit might, you know, put out. And from there, you can take that step. What must I do? Show me. Show me. And, you know, when Daniel prayed, God showed him. What if he didn't pray? Amen. Another third thing. A human guide. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. There are some things you may never get through meditation or through prayer. Not because God was not ready to speak. Maybe because it could be anything. But there are people that may guide you. So when Samuel was, you know, 
hearing God, but didn't know that it was God. He went to Eli. Father, you called me. He said, no, I didn't call you. He said, at the point, he said, okay, when you hear it again, just say, Lord speaks, your servant hears. You need human guides. You need people that can guide you in certain issues, in certain areas. You need guidance. You need, it could be true, you know, talking to people that you felt you can sense God's grace upon their lives. It could be true books. I have learned a lot, you know, and I've shaped my behavior and attitude through books. Even Daniel says, I understand by books the length of years of the captivity of Israel. So books are helpful. Christian books, spiritual books. Also, sermons are very helpful too. Have you ever come to church one day and, you know, pastor is preaching and, you know, the things you've been asking God for, maybe trusting for three months, three years, and the thing just pops and says, yeah, yeah, that's it. And maybe they didn't even mention it at all. It comes to that. So, and, you know, there are scriptural references. Even Paul Apostle was talking to someone and said uh, they should bring him the books and the parchments from somewhere so that he can read them. These are ways with which, you know, you can gain understanding of what God wants you to do, of God wants you to do. And lastly, is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26 talking about and when the comforter comes it will, it will teach you all things and guide you into all truth especially even all the three channels I've mentioned earlier before the human guide prayer and you know meditation the Holy Spirit broods on all those things to assist in opening up your eyes and letting you see you know what you know you need to know even when it comes to prayer sometimes we don't know how to pray the Bible says the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities and helps us on how to pray Amen. See, faith is hard work. And faith is not just believing God. Faith is obeying God. And you know, not just only obeying God, but having a behavior. So there's an obedience part of it and a behavior, an attitude, an action that you need to do. I don't know what you're trusting God for this season. But you must ask yourself one question. Am I playing my path in that role? Am I playing my path? You know, I read that place, Genesis. Abraham, Abraham, Abraham played his part and God showed up. Are you playing your path? Are you playing your path? For he that must come to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Amen. You must trust God. You must trust God. I'd like us to pray this evening. I'd like us to pray. I want to read from Hebrews 11 again. But before that, you know, one of the things I want us to pray about is Jesus was talking to Peter and the disciples at that point. Jesus saw afar. Nothing was wrong with Peter at that point. There was no indicator to show that the devil was seeking for Peter but Jesus saw our and says you know Satan seeks to have you and sift you as with but I pray that your faith will not fail faith is a big deal I'd like you to pray to God this evening that my faith will not fail 
Bible says the just shall live by faith, which means if there's no faith, there's no how to live. I get to pray to God this evening. Faith guarantees your total protection. Faith guarantees your total victory. It is through faith that you command signs and wonders. The Bible says, and this shine shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out demons. So really, there are some levels of, you know, achievement you will never operate in. Whether if you don't operate in faith. And that's why the devil some, most times comes after it in a Christian's, in Christian's life. I get to pray to God, my faith will not fail. Help my home believe. Help my faith. Limbra doshta. Leke doke boshte. One of the ways we strengthen our faith is praying in the Holy Ghost. I like you to pray in the Holy Ghost this evening. Limbra do sata. Ekado kubozo shata gaba Lembro doce que de que boste que te lere bodoste lembra doste que te lere que de que bosso tolori que how many of you are trusting God for a greater faith how many of you are trusting God for a greater faith lembra doste que de lere que de strengthen my faith Lord in the name of Jesus e que de que bozo che te lere bodoze te lere que de le que de que bozo chata gabalara bodoze te leria e que de que bozo che tolori que de que de que de que de rabado so tolori que in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, as we're praying, you know, Hebrews 11 32 says, And what shall I more say? For the time will fail me to tell you of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, of someone, and of the prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the hedge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better promise. I'd like us to pray to God. I receive faith to wrought righteousness. I receive faith to subdue kingdoms in the name of Jesus. I'd like you to pray for great faith, great faith, great faith, great faith. And you will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. I receive great faith in the name of Jesus faith like no other in the name of Jesus. Also, I'd like you to pray that the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. The eyes of my understanding be enlightened. Lord, help my understanding on this matter. I receive increase in understanding that faith, faith, faith might come, that I might have access to the faith that you talked about in the name of Jesus. That the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Father, we thank you. Father, we worship you for this session. We are asking, Lord, that you will help our faith. That our faith will not fail. 
it will strengthen our faith in the name of Jesus. In cases where faith has failed, we ask for restoration in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you will lighten our eyes of understanding. That we'll also pray for the spirit of understanding upon us. That we'll have access to the kinds of faith that wrought righteousness. The kinds of faith that subdue kingdoms. The kinds of faith that moves mountains in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.